Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I am joined by a familiar friend and a voice that will be familiar to all the listeners out there as well. Jordan Climack from ESPN, back once again on the podcast. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I, I kind of, I've kind of lost track of it at, at this point. Is like, is this the fourth or is this the fifth? <laughs> I don't know. I know so, we're rolling. We're rolling in the offseason. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just pumping them out, just giving you all the Browns offseason content you need. But uh, happy to be here, Henry. I am doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, I would have been better if J.J. Watt had signed with the Browns this week. But instead... Hey, me too. <laughs> Instead, he did not, Jordan, and we've talked a lot about him on this podcast. Watt ends up going to the Arizona Cardinals on a two-year, $31 million deal, $23 million guaranteed. We almost nailed that exactly here on this podcast. I think we threw out right. two years, $32 million. But, Jordan, what were your thoughts on J.J. Watt picking a dark horse team here in the Arizona Cardinals? Well, so my initial reaction, are, so are we allowed to swear on this podcast, Henry? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. My initial reaction was, are you fucking with me? <laughs> like, seriously. Because, you know, it was the same day. So let's just break this down of how this happened. The same day that J.J. Watt announced he was signing with the Cardinals was the same day that, you know, um, I guess we'll call it like Peloton Gate or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so like I log into Twitter and my Browns Twitter is just going nuts of like, hey, JJ Watt, or I think it was KJ Watt technically on Peloton, which is like, what yeah. are we doing here in the first place? But, you know, he his bio, I guess, said, wasn't it like Buffalo, Cleveland, Green Bay or something like that? And, the, and everyone yep. started to go nuts. Okay, he's narrowed it down to three teams. And then about like, what about like an hour after that, I think Josina Anderson tweeted out like, hey, pump the brakes on this Peloton thing. And then Literally 20 minutes later, J.J. Watt tweets out a picture, sources me bench pressing, doing squats, whatever the hell he's doing in Cardinal shirt. And I was like, I honestly did. Henry, that was my first thought. I was like, oh, he's having fun. He's just fucking with us. Like he's he's just kind of having he's just playing up to everything. And like he's going to tweet out like every team in the NFL with like a shirt on. And then it was like Ian Rappaport, like, nope, J.J. Watt has actually signed with the, with the Arizona Cardinals. And I was shocked. I was seriously shocked. Like, I, I really thought it was going to come down to one of the teams that were mentioned. I didn't see the Arizona Cardinals in this at all. Like, I don't mean, I can't even call the Arizona Cardinals a dark horse. It's like a, like, they weren't even, they weren't even thought of, Henry, because we looked at the two things that were, we thought were factors in playing in a J.J. Watt signing. And that was, one, money, which, okay, you got money from the Cardinals. Two, a contender. I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but the Cardinals are not a contender. They aren't. They just aren't. They're not a contender. They might even be the third or fourth best team in their division, let alone in their conference. So I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. It really, after I thought about it, it was like, okay, maybe this whole contender thing was overblown. And it was kind of like, Hey, I just want to get my bag. I want to go chill in the desert out in Arizona, kind of just enjoy life in my thirties. And I think that's what happened. I was shocked though. When I saw this, Henry, I don't get it either. I really don't. Like, take the Browns out of this for a second, right? You said it. So, reports came out that both the Browns and the Colts offered more guaranteed money. So, even if it was just about the money and he thought, oh, the Cardinals are a, a Super Bowl contender, the Colts and the Browns have to be at least considered as much, if not more, 
uh, Super Bowl contenders than those teams, and they offered more money. And if it was just about purely winning, well, hold on. So hold on. So that was there were conflicting re- reports with that, right? Because I initially I saw that same thing of I think it was a guy in uh involved in radio in Arizona, like a big uh big name in Arizona radio. Uh, the name escaped me off the top of my head, but he tweeted out that night. Um, Colts and Browns offered more money than JJ Watt, and then kind of those reports were kind of conflicting. I think the next day something came out saying like well, the Browns and Colts didn't actually offer contracts to JJ Watt. So I don't know. It's really confusing trying to figure out like if they, if they did though, if the Browns did offer more money and the Colts did too, how the hell can you turn that down to go to Arizona? I don't understand it. It doesn't add up to me. That's kind of when I thought like, okay, I don't know if I can buy into this report because again, if you're if an, a contender is offering you more money to come play for the team and you have a chance to win for really the first time in your career, you pounce on that opportunity. You don't go to Arizona where they're kind of I don't want to say they're in a rebuild, but they're kind of they're coming along. I guess they're not further along as these other teams. So it didn't make sense to me, Henry. I don't know if I buy those reports that the Browns and Colts did actually offer more money. I really don't. Like to me, that was um kind of like agent speak, right? Like. How, how Maybe, do you get these yeah. bids going on players? It's like you you put out in the media that like, you know, a certain amount of money is offered here. And then another team sees that and like, okay, well, if they're offering that, then we got to offer this. I don't know what to believe with this. There's a lot of bullshit being thrown back and forth. And I kind of just trying to sift through all of it these past couple of days. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there for sure. To me, what this clearly signifies though, is that it was not just about right because throughout the money even the that Colts and Browns report the Bills were apparently in the mix as well Buffalo clearly to me is a Super Bowl contender right at the top tier of Super Bowl contenders for next year I love their coach and their defense as well and that's certainly a a team that the Browns are going to have to compete against Arizona they're they're not the third or the fourth best team they're the fourth best team in that division as long as Russell Wilson is still on the Seahawks the Rams are better the Seahawks are better the 49ers are better and I don't get this from the Cardinals' perspective. They need so many other things. Their offense, first of all, is where they should be investing because the offensive need, line. Their yeah. offensive line is terrible. Yeah, I know. It makes no sense. <laughs> and in their defense, their front four was the best part of their defense last year. They already have Chandler Jones. They were already top five in pressure rate last year. They need back end help in the defense. That's the whole problem. This I, I didn't get this at all. I was like, basically, what I think it came down to is this. J.J. Watt wanted money, he wanted to live in Arizona, and he wanted to play for his old coach, Vance Joseph, his old defensive coordinator. And I really think sometimes it just kind of comes down to that is the location and the coach, J.J. Watt, was just like, okay, like, this is fine. And the reports about the Super Bowl contention, he was just like, yeah, they're like, you could convince yourself they're a contender. Like, I don't think the Cardinals are a bad team, but I think they're a long way from Super Bowl contention. They're at least two or three years away from like being considered real contenders just with, you know, I think there's a lot of questions there. I, I could make, I think the argument could be made and I would listen to it that Cliff Kingsbury, arguably the worst coach in the NFL. Like, I, I don't think like, if, I, know, I mean, like, no. I mean, if, if, if someone was to come to me and like, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury is by far the worst coach of the NFL and they laid out the reasons why. I'd be like, okay. I mean, you got a point, right? So I don't know what it came down to. I don't, Henry, do you think that, um, D hop DeAndre Hopkins being there had something to do with it. We know they spent time together in Houston. I don't know if he played a large role in that recruiting, but didn't it wasn't, I think there was also a report that came out that 
I think the day after the trade went down, um, JJ Watt sent a text to Kyler Murray and said like, Hey, like, just, just so you know, like you're, you're the reason I'm here. And I was kind of like, what? this already didn't make any sense to me. And now it makes even less sense. This is certainly getting away a little bit from Brown's talk here, but it's fine because it's the offseason. We can do whatever we want. I don't get the, the, the Kyler Murray Cliff Kingsbury thing. Like, Everybody's like super excited about it. And I get like Kyler Murray makes great highlight plays. He's great in fantasy football, like all of that stuff. Go look at their offensive numbers. The Cardinals have not had a good offense with Kyler Murray the last two years. Cliff Kingsbury is supposed to be this offensive genius as a coach. Their offense is not good. Like go look at the numbers. They're not good. I don't understand why everybody in the NFL is just like, oh, Kyler Murray, like rising star. It's like, not really. Not really, actually. And, Henry, do you remember, too, early early in the year, I think it's probably the first three or four weeks of the NFL season, people were sitting there like, well, Kyler Murray, like, have him on your radar for MVP. And I'm sitting there, it's like, we're three weeks into the season. Let the season play out. And then as the season played out, he, he wasn't even mentioned in, like, the top five MVP candidates. I, I don't understand the infatuation with him. I get it. He makes highlights. He's a good young player. I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. But for right now, I, just, I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah, and, and and I'm right there with you where I, I'm not totally giving up on Kyler Murray either or Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, but it's like these guys are two years in and like right. it's not like they're Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid here. Like they haven't blown the doors off the NFL and are like some, you know, revolutionaries. Like these guys are two years into this project and they're the fourth best team in their division. So I – and the, the fit doesn't really make any sense. So I was just like – <laughs> I saw that and I, I was like, okay, like if JT Watt, if you told me, oh, he chose the Colts over the Browns, he chose the Bills over the Browns, I would have been like, all right, I get it. He, even if he chose the Packers and took a discount to go to his hometown, I'd be like, okay, I understand. But not only am I upset that he didn't go to the Browns, I look at where he went and I'm like, how did this make any sense? Right. Like this, this is just a, it's a frustration hey, you, of NFL creators. You know what the funny thing is too? Like I've, <laughs> seen so many Browns fans this week, Henry, like people that were advocating for JJ Watt to come here. And then he announces that he's going to the Cardinals. And then it's like, well, he was washed anyway. The amount of stuff I saw saying, I was like, you guys were just clamoring over him a week ago. And now all of a sudden he signs up. Eh, he's washed. He's on the tail end of his career. We don't need him. It's like, ah, that's not what you were saying last week, but it's, it's just funny how that thing plays out. It's, it's NFL free agency and we're involved in the, in the mix for, you know, prominent free agent for the first time ever. We don't know how to handle it. So I guess, I guess we found out how we're going to handle it going forward. Yeah, I, I saw that as well on, on Brown's Twitter. And I saw some complaints about, you know, the call. They're like, wow, he ended up costing that much money. I was like, first of all, we all knew he was going to cost that exactly. much money. Like basically <laughs> yeah. every projection was right in line with what the Cardinals gave him as far as the cost. Like two-year deals, you know, like the first year is fully guaranteed with like, you know, half of it on the second. It's like something along those lines. It was basically like everybody was right on the money. Like, as I said, we got it. We got a pretty much dead on on this podcast, but like everybody was in that ballpark. It, I I cannot do our own that much because it was just like that's what everybody was saying, and all of a sudden everybody was like, "Oh, he cost that much money." It's like, yes, JJ Watt actually did cost that much money, exactly what everybody thought. And no, he's not washed just because he didn't choose the Browns. I wanted him. I'm sad we didn't get him. Oh well, on to the next thing. Yeah, it's just like I I, I didn't understand that. Um... Bronze fans are, are are some of the most interesting people that I know. Really, it's like <laughs> their their opinions change on things and, and and people within like the snap of a finger, like every single day. And then, you know, now I've seen people, Henry. It's funny, like 
you know, when this first came out and there were reports of like, or maybe the Browns would be interested in J.J. Watt, maybe they'll be interested in Von Miller. I saw people the second J.J. Watt announced he was going to Arizona was like, well, Von Miller's still out there. It's like, well, you're just bashing J.J. Watt saying he's washed and now you're saying bring Von Miller in here. Like, we, we can't make up our damn minds. We, we can't. All right, Jordan. Yeah, so let's go there. Let's go there. Yeah, so, please. So, so now what, I guess, becomes the question, right? The, the Browns have money to spend still. They're also have uh, all their draft picks, you know, if they were interested in making a trade as well. If, if the Browns are going to make a big splash still here, what's your favorite choice out there on the market, Jordan? Oh, that's, a good, that's a great, great question. Trade or free agency. I'll, I'll just, you know, whatever. What's your dream scenario? I mean, my dream scenario is still that defensive line, that defensive edge rush position. I still think that that's the most important position we need to address this offseason because, again, I, I, mean, I keep nailing this point into the ground, but we saw the formula to beat the Chiefs and that get pressure on Patrick Holmes. And I know you can rebuttal and come back and be, well, their offensive line was banged up. I get it. But the fact of the matter is, you get pressure on a quarterback, you're going to make their life. Like, I always thought that was funny throughout the, you know, and Browns fans, we know it best the past couple of years, people are like, well, you know, when Baker Mayfield has pressure on him, he's not as accurate as he is when he does it. It's like, no shit. <laughs> it's like, okay, every single quarterback in the NFL is the same exact way. So I, I don't understand that, but we know what pressure can do. To me, Henry, it's, it's securing both edges. We have Miles Garrett taking some of the pressure off him. And look, I, I know Miles was hurt last year. Um, not necessarily hurt, but you know, he came down with COVID and kind of had a tough time recovering from that. It wasn't himself when he came back. I think he's due for one of those years where it's like, this dude is a force and like a true defensive player of the year type year, which he was on the pace for this year before, you know, he did come down with COVID. I think that if we can have Miles have a year like that, a lot of that will be predicated off of what we can do on the opposite side of him on that defensive line. And to me, a couple of names that come out, I'll, I'll say Von Miller. I'll listen, I'll listen to Von Miller. Um, I still think I would still listen to Yannick Ngakwe. Um, only 26 years old. Uh, I, for some reason, that was, was one of those guys where, like, for some reason, he just kind of seemed older than he was. But 26 years old, when I saw that, I was, I'd be pretty interested in that. To me, Henry, it's let's stay away from Javion Kalani, for God's sakes. We, we, we went through all that nonsense last year, and he didn't even have a sack this year. But it's Ed Rush. I don't know if I have a name per se because, I mean, you know better than anyone, like, J.J. Watt was my guy. <laughs> and so, like, didn't get him. And now it's just like, okay, let's see what else we can do. But it's still got to be defensive back, and it's still – or, excuse me, it's still got to be defensive end, and we still need to address defensive back. I think those are the two top priorities. And then you go linebacker after that. So – someone on that edge rush i don't know maybe you have a couple names for me you can throw out. i don't know but it's it's edge rush look von miller is certainly i i think a name it, that kind of fits in the mold of jj watt right like Here, here's the thing with by the way here's the thing with von miller sorry to interrupt but like uh so it, he's currently under contract as it is right now yeah he is not scheduled to be a free agent so it's either we're in that same kind of jj watt situation right where like a couple of weeks ago before he was released henry you and i were doing a podcast talking about okay, here's what we need to give up if we're going to try and trade from him. Hopefully they just cut him. But if we do need to trade from him, here's what we can give up. I think we're in that same kind of situation with Von Miller now. It's, okay, he's under contract. I think that this is a buyout situation here for, uh, for Von Miller. He, of course, there was some speculation going on. He was in um, some, some sort of legal trouble. I, I, we don't need to get into what was going on with him there. But 
since this week has been cleared of all of that. And then he had, what was this Instagram post he had? Something about like new beginnings, something like that. Like, I think he sees the writing on the wall. I think he knows what's to come. That's probably, they're going to let him go. The Broncos are in the middle of a rebuild. They don't need that money tied up there. So I think that it's going to be a similar situation where he's going to be released and then it's going to be teams. We're going to be in the same mix again, right? With pretty much the same teams because a lot of the teams that were mentioned with the Browns and J.J. Watts didn't get J.J. Watt. It was Cardinals, a team that came out of nowhere. So all of those teams are still going to be looking for edge rush help. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, you 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 mentioned it. It sounds like Vaughn Miller could definitely be on his way out. He if It's one of those situations you look at the cap hit versus the dead cap. He's an obvious release target as far as getting the Broncos figured out in, in their cap situation. Look, he's 32 years old. He's coming off an ACL. They're rebuilding. And it seems like it's headed in that direction. There have been a bunch of rumblings about that the last couple of weeks. And then, as you mentioned, a cryptic Instagram post from Vaughn himself that kind of all indicate that, hey, Vaughn Miller might be one of these guys that gets released here in these next couple of weeks. And it's something Browns fans definitely have to monitor as teams go into free agency and they're trying to figure out their cap situation uh, with this, you know, the cap reduction instead of the cap getting increased. There are going to be a lot of cuts over the next couple of weeks. And, and some aren't going to be people the Browns are interested in. Golden Tate was one of the big names that's already been released. Uh, and there'll be plenty more though that Browns fans have to monitor. As far as Vaughn Miller goes, I think he makes sense uh, with the Browns uh, for the most part. Um, it's, again, I he, he's in the J.J. Watt mold for me. Coming off the ACL is the only concern there. Is he, just he didn't play last year at all, likes. did he? No. That's what I thought, yeah. So, so it's hard. That's that's see, that's the tricky thing because we talked about the age. He's up there in age, I believe. Uh, I think 32. he's 32. 32. So coming off an ACL, it's going to be hard to you know be able to bounce back off that. I like that he didn't play last year, didn't put any pressure on that, and maybe he'll be fresh coming into it this year. But look at his numbers. So the last time he played in 2019, started 15, played in 15 games, started in 15 games, just eight sacks, which was you know, his career low other than 2013, which I believe was an injury-shortened season. Again, yeah, he only played nine games in 2013. But other than that, Henry, it was pretty consistent of 12 sacks, 18 and a half in 2012, 14 sacks in 2014, 11 in 2015, 13 and a half in 2016, 10 in 2017, 14 and a half in 2018. So his production wasn't really dipping that hard. He was still producing. It's just, it's the injury thing that scares us going forward. For sure. And if it's not Vaughn Miller, though, there are a ton, a ton of free agents on the market this year. Some really big names, you know, uh, Jadavion Clowney, Justin Houston, and Dockway, like you mentioned, but also a lot of depth at this position. Jake Burns was on a, you know, a podcast of ours uh, a couple weeks ago, and he pointed out some other names. Trey Hendrickson from the Saints, he's a huge fan of. Romeo Aquara from the Lions. So there could be some smaller name options there as well. And I almost like going potentially with a smaller name there and then a bigger free agent in the secondary at this point. That's what I'm so yeah. for. And, and Jake made the case that the Browns should do that anyway, because his point was, okay, yes, the Browns obviously need to address both of those positions, but they already have a lot of young guys in secondary. And he's like, you need some veterans there. You can't just start five, you know, rookie second-year players across the back end of your defense 
uh, and expect success. And his other point was in the Chiefs game and some other games when the Browns really couldn't cover, that they didn't play any press coverage. And that didn't allow Miles Garrett to get to the quarterback. He felt like part of the reason the Browns pass rush wasn't as effective the last couple of games is because the Browns coverage was so bad that they couldn't even line up in, in a defense that was going to challenge receivers in any way. And so that always, especially at the line of scrimmage uh, to your yeah. point, like we didn't have the personnel to play. Like it's not only that we couldn't play press coverage, it's that we literally just didn't have the personnel to do so. Yeah. So he, he was like, Hey, if I'm choosing between going in to next season with Claiborne in our defensive line intact as it is, or, you know, kind of like status quo from last year at D-line or in the secondary, he's like, I got to go with a D-line. He's like, I'd rather have that group. I know Garrett's going to produce and the other guys around him can make it work. He's like, this secondary, if it's, you know, if, if it's Terrence Joseph, uh, Joseph, if it's Carl Joseph, excuse me, um, <laughs> and, and company, he's like, it's just Terrence Mitchell. Uh, it's not going to get the job done. He's like, we need to upgrade there. So he, he wants a big time safety in free agency. And then he was talking about maybe, also a slot corner like Roby Coleman or somebody like that. And of course, there are some big name trade rumors out there too that the Browns could get involved in. Stefan Gilmore from the Patriots is a name that's been thrown out there. Marshawn Lattimore, given the Saints concerns with the cap as well. Jordan, how do you feel about potentially a trade for a big name corner like that? Like a Stefan Gilmore or Marshawn Lattimore? something like that, where it's like, hey, you're giving up a high draft pick probably to go and get one of those guys. I do like that. And it's funny, too, because like, I don't know what we're doing as, as fans and then just like people of social media. But anytime an athlete tweets something out, it's got to be like people are like de- trying to decode tweets. And um, didn't Marshawn Lattimore had something, I think it was last week, where he tweeted out something about Cleveland. And of course, he's from Cleveland. So everyone started like freaking out, like, oh my God, oh my God, are the Browns going after? And then he had to come out and be like, chill. I was talking to people that I grew up with or whatever. So it's like, I, I don't know what we're doing there, but I, I think that I would I would be interested in the trade. And, and I like that logic, Henry. The only problem that I have with that is if you go with one of the, like, I, would you trust the Browns starting Adrian Claiborne at defensive end this year? I just, I don't know if I could get behind that. The reason being like, look, I find I think he was fine. I thought he was fine in his in the reps that he got this year. But my problem is, say there's an injury on that defensive line and Claiborne or Garrett goes down, like then who you have? The depth is, is very thin there. I think Claiborne is good as a guy that, you know, can come in on a third down. He can come in in, in the nickel or dime coverage to kind of be that third defensive lineman. And I, I, I just don't know if I can trust him. I don't know if I can trust our defensive line. Because again, I, to your point, like, and, and to what Jake said, like Miles is always going to produce. We understand that. But I think that this whole offseason is about taking some of the pressure off of him and really kind of maximizing his talents. Because like I said, he still really hasn't had that year where you look at it and it's like this dude was the most dominant defensive player in football. He was the clear defensive player of the year. And I think he has that talent. The problem is you got to relieve some of the pressure off him. He can't be double teamed and triple teamed on every single play. Now, if you keep Adrian Claiborne there, that's going to happen. It just is. I don't know if I trust him to get like, and, and then you talk about Olivier Vernon, like Olivier Vernon took for years. He could, for two years, he wasn't really that guy to even alleviate the pressure off of Miles Garrett. He had his best games when Miles Garrett wasn't there and we need, he needed him to step up. So we don't even really know what it's like to have another edge rush with Miles Garrett who can relieve the pressure from him. So I don't know. It's really hard for me to kind of say if I would, like, I'll listen to the logic of, of making a big trade to me. I think it would have to be 
for Stefan Gilmore. If you are going to make that trade, I like what he can bring to this defense, kind of a physical cornerback that can play alongside, um, you know, Denzel Ward's speed on the other side. But yeah, Henry, I don't know. I just, I, I can't, I can't, uh, it's making me sick trying to think about going into the season with Adrian Claiborne as the other defensive edge rusher alongside Miles Garrett. I just, I think it's going to be one of those things. If we did that, like, do you remember going into this year how we were like, well, I guess we're going to have to live and die by whatever linebackers we have because that's clearly a weakness going into this year. And it was highlighted in almost every single game of we're weak at linebacker. So if we know that we're weak at other edge rush going into this year, like how is that going to get better as the year goes on? That's, that's, my, only, that's my only problem with that. Yeah, I, th- I think the idea is maybe Claiborne and you mix in a draft pick as well, right? Where it's like you you definitely have a rotation at that other spot. I don't think you, you could just rely on Claiborne like you're talking about. I think it would be maybe you definitely Claiborne and, and who you take at 26 or in the second, third round. I know a lot of mocks have the Browns involved for a pass rusher at 26 right now. So for, I'm actually a bigger fan of Lattimore just because of the age. Uh, age side. Yeah. I think he's like somebody who could be a long-term piece. And if you put him and Ward together, all of a sudden, I think you've got two corners that can really provide a lot of, uh, you know, shut I just think he's going to be hard. like, a, how are you going to acquire him is, is, is my thing. I think the Saints are going to trade him. Now, the question is, you're probably going to have a lot of bidders as exactly. well in the market. So that's, I, I really don't know what the Saints are doing because yeah, Jake Durant, his, his, his big thing is he wants the Browns to spend big money on a, a safety because he's just, he's worried about Grant Delpit. And he said, you know, this, if you go look at Joe Woods, his best defenses are when the Browns are playing multiple safeties, you know, often three safeties on the field. And sure. he was like, they got to go sign somebody in free agency. And so his favorite guy is Marcus Williams from the Saints. And we were like, yes, like that makes a ton of sense because of his age, but also because the Saints can't keep them. Well, then a report came out that the Saints are going to make him their number one priority in free agency somehow. And I just, I don't understand how the Saints are going to get under the cap. They're like <laughs> 60 something million dollars over the cap. They're doing like, restructuring deals with kickers trying to save cap space wherever and, they and can. not to mention like what's going on with drew Brees? we don't even like do you remember yeah. we sat on the henry by the way you might have to owe me an apology my friend because i remember we sat on this podcast when we were doing our quarterback tier rankings and i put drew Brees in there and we were both like eh, i don't know i don't think he's going to be playing and then now it's like he's on instagram posting like workout videos it's like what the hell is he doing is he going to play or is he not going to play i don't know he's like i'm still I'm, like he's holding that organization hostage right now I'm still feeling good. I'm still feeling good that Drew Brees is right. not going to play this season. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stand by that take. I I don't get it. If he came back, I would be I would be surprised. There's no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I for me, I am interested in the corner trade if it were to happen. Uh, but but that being said, I think really the solution for me, and I know Browns fans don't want to hear this, is spend a good chunk of money on one of those good free agent safeties and a good chunk of money on a mid tier defensive. And then that way, I feel like they can do a little bit more freedom as you go into the draft. Because I, for me, the thing I like most about this draft and where the Browns are situated at is those like second, third round corners. And, and so yeah. I think that's going to be a spot that they can definitely fill with somebody they like. And there may be an option for safety at 26. There may be an option for another pass rusher at 26 as well. But I think if you go spend a decent chunk of money at those two spots, it'll free you up to kind of do whatever you need to do. And I'd also, I would love a slot corner if, if they can make that work as well. Uh, that would, I just, man, I, I can't watch any more Kevin Johnson. Uh, it's, that's just, yeah. he's, there's that's always those players that just like grind your gears and like Kevin yeah. Johnson for me, just kill me. 
And it's funny too, because going into the year, like all I was told was like Kevin Johnson, look out for Kevin Johnson. Like he's that perfect slot corner that's going to slide right into this defense and and kind of fit in perfectly. And like I didn't see that all year. I think he was banged up for a large portion of the year, but it's like he's not going to be back. So what are you going to? There's so many questions at corner again with Grady Williams, and then it's like, do you go young? Do you bring a veteran in? I think there we need to at least bring one veteran in to that uh, cornerback room, but who is it going to be? I don't know. Because again, to your point, those second or third round corners, I really think that Andrew Berry is going to be all over that. I think he's salivating at the mouth right now, even thinking about some of these late round corners. Yeah. I think, I think that's going to, I think that's going to happen. That's my, that's my hunch is it's going to be a safety. Just the analytic analytics folks too just love the safety free agent class. So I think it's going to be, Somebody there. I, I know there's a lot of uh, you know, TCU safety. Trevor Morig, I think is how you say it. It's been mocked to the Browns all over the place in the draft. So maybe they they take that direction instead. But I would expect both. I I, I kind of like to divide the money up between somebody on the defensive line and somebody in the secondary. So you bring in veterans in both of those places and are freed up. You know, depending on where exactly they they slide in as far as fit. To, to go attack somebody that provides some more versatility in other areas on both sides uh, of those positions there. Yeah, that's, uh, again, a lot of questions on, on the uh, defensive <laughs> end. But it's like, and then, and then where are we asking, like, it's funny because we've done so many podcasts, Henry, where we've strictly talked defense. I think we're under the assumption that last year we spent money on offense. This year we spend money on defense. But, like, I could see they're kind of, like, Talking about things that we could see or hunches that we have happening. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see kind of a, a surprising offensive target in, in the in the free agent game. What position it would be, I don't know if you know, maybe Steve, it's maybe right. It's like resign- I, yeah, I was gonna say maybe it's resigning Richard Higgins. I don't know, but I still think that there's a move that Browns fans haven't even thought of yet that's gonna be that's coming shortly. I, I could see a speed receiver, maybe a Richard Perriman, somebody like that getting thrown into this mix. I just think if you look at the Browns' weaknesses, they're so clearly on defense. The percentage yeah. of the cap devoted to defense for the Browns is, is so much smaller than the offense. I think they have the biggest difference uh, between offense and defense in the NFL, something like that. So I, to me, I would just I would be shocked if they don't go that route in free agency. And the reason I think there's going to be some activity in free agency is you're already seeing the cuts. That's the big mm-hmm. storyline that, that Browns fans need to take away from this podcast is – those mid-tier veterans are getting cut because teams that don't have cap space have to get rid of those guys right now and before they, they count for the new league year. And so I think there's going to be bargain-level deals at the mid-tier level uh, of free agency. And so although it might not be J.J. Watt, it might not be a big name that Browns fans are used to seeing in the headlines, there could be some guys that contribute a lot to this team next year that get deals at 5 million a year at 7 million a year, stuff like that. And it's definitely something to keep an eye on the free agency. Yeah. And I think that this week, this coming week is going to be huge for free agency in the NFL. I think, forgive me, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe March 15th is technically like the first day of NFL free agency when that like league, you know, the league flips its book till the next year per se. I believe March 15th is that, which was, a week from Monday, we're recording this podcast on, on Sunday afternoon. So I think that this next two weeks are going to be very telling for, you know, players that are cut, uh, kind of get a direction of who the Browns are putting out feelers on. These two weeks are, if you're a Browns fan, I think you got to pay a lot of attention to what's going on in these next two weeks. 
For sure, for sure. It looks like I just Googled it. Hey, March 17th. Very close. Okay. Very close. Yeah. For some reason, I think it's always in the like the middle of the week. Yeah. Some deals will start yeah. getting kind of, you know, like the JJ Watts of the world. It's some, you know, deals can can obviously get announced beforehand. You can do stuff well, and, previously. And you got to remember but, too, I think last year it was the first day of free agency and the Browns signed Jack Conklin and Austin Hooper both on that first day. So I'd expect yeah. kind of something similar to happen on the defensive end this year. For sure. Uh, Andrew Barry was active last year in free agency. And so it, it, we only have one year to go off of, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, he was it, aggressive though. And it, yeah. he was aggressive and I would expect him to be aggressive again. Jordan, I think we'll, we'll cut it off there. We had a bunch of uh, other you know, potential topics, but we didn't even get to them, which is fine. Yeah. Because guess what? There are more podcasts to be done. We're not going right. anywhere. So, so we'll <laughs> cut it off there. But uh, yeah, now, uh, no J.J. Watt. Now it's time for plan B. Got to adjust. Got to adjust if you, uh, if you don't get selected as a choice. Plan B. Like, but look, let's look at it this way. We're still in a good position. We're still one of those rising teams in the NFL. And we're still being considered as a free agent destination. So I, don't be like me and, and, you know, take two days to sulk in the misery of I'm not getting J.J. Watt. I swear to God, Henry, I was depressed for like two days. Just thinking about what could have been. I got him on my Madden team, and I went to the Super Bowl with him, and I was like, ah, why couldn't we make this happen? But I've moved on since, okay? It's now I'm on to the next guy. So it's Browns fans, just move on. Everything will be okay. We're still going to be a good team next year. It wasn't make or break for J.J. Watt, which I've had, to, I've had a hard time accepting, but I've eventually accepted it. I feel you. I was right there with you. I was definitely sad when yeah. I saw the Cardinals. And <laughs> as we said at the beginning, I just – I might never get over the fact that he chose the Cardinals. I might not. I yeah, might, I might not – it's like one of those things, like, you know, like we all have like a buddy or someone that's like, maybe he's dating someone or talking to someone where it's kind of like, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> and like, I have a buddy now where I'm trying to figure out, it's like, I still don't understand that. You guys have been dating for two years. Like, that's what this JJ Watt situation is going to be like to me. We're going to be two or three years down the line and I'm still going to be sitting here like, I never understood that move to the Arizona Cardinals. But hey, it is, it is what it is, Henry. Yeah, I... uh who knows? Maybe it'll work out in our favor. Maybe, you know, there, there certainly were plenty of concerns with Watt, no doubt there. But I, uh, yeah, well, uh, we're on to the next. We're on to the next. No, no, uh, you know, not, now what, if you will. Little pun there. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all right. Well, uh, all right, we yeah. got to sign off now. Yeah, yeah we got to, we got to end it. We got to end it. <laughs> that was a clear sign that uh, this podcast needs to come to. All right, Browns fans. Until next time, go Browns.